today we want to finish with a message to inspire you and to help you. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for a word of inspiration today. We thank you, Lord, that the Bible is a powerful uh, tool for you to help to build people up and to strengthen them. We pray, Lord, that this word, Lord, would impact hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Do we have the DNA destiny uh, there? If we do, we might just pop that up. But uh, today I want to share... Uh, an extension of a message that I, I shared last Sunday here at Forever House called the DNA of Destiny. And uh, this is all shaped around a particular character in the Bible called King David. He became a king of Israel, uh, but he was first just a shepherd boy. And we talked last week about how the Bible teaches that one of the keys to uh, unlocking your destiny in the things of God is first to go into a stage of discovery. Can everyone say discovery? And so we looked at, you know, that David was interesting because he was like what, you know, you would describe as the runt of the litter. He uh, was one of eight. Seven of his brothers were to one mother and he was to a different mother. All of his seven brothers, the Bible describes, had olive skin. They were tall. They were handsome. That stereotype of, you know, the good-looking guy. And yet David was considered, uh, he was, they called him red, meaning, you know, his skin was blotchy and red compared to his brothers. He stood out, he was different, and he was in a season of rejection. He wasn't even invited to a particular banquet that the prophet Samuel had come to, to anoint the future king. So of this family, of all the brothers, God had instructed the prophet Samuel to anoint the future king of Israel. And uh, when Samuel, when uh, when Samuel turned up, uh, he was prompted by God that none of these seven brothers were actually the one. And so he turned to the father. The father's name was Jesse. And he said to Jesse, there must be another son. There's going to be someone else here because none of these seven are the one. And then Jesse went, oh, yeah, that's right. That's David. It was like an afterthought. Uh, David's out tendering with the sheep. He's out in the back there somewhere. We, We need to bring him in. And as soon as David walked in, the prophet Samuel knew that that was the anointed one, that was the the future king of Israel, and prayed for him and released an anointing upon him. And as soon as that anointing upon David came about, there was a discovery stage. David was uh, assured of his identity, had a a sensing of a calling, he had a purpose, there was a, a clear pathway before him, and he was being called out of a season of rejection. A season of being uh, thought of as just second best or, or, or last. And actually, he was promoted in the eyes of his entire family. And the message that we, we spoke about last Sunday was it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Sometimes we've got to understand that God wants you to know that uh, people may judge you. People may label you. The world may say you're not fantastic. You're not even skilled. You're not even talented. I mean, what are you going to amount to? You might even feel like you're just someone who's mediocrity. You're just average. Or you may even feel like you're below average. You may feel like you've never really been encouraged by your family. You may feel like you've never really belonged. And I want to say this to you, that it's important to understand when you invite God into your heart, He takes you into this discovery stage. He gives you a sense of understanding of who you are, that you are unique, that you've got a a particular calling, that has got particular giftings upon your life and anointings. What does the word anointing mean? It means the power of God to get things done on your life. God actually, when you invite Him into your heart, Uh, He pours out an anointing upon your life. He pours out favor. He wants to bless you. He wants to set you apart and say, hey, you know what? You have a unique calling, and he wants you to discover that. 
And so one of the massive benefits to inviting Jesus into your heart is you go into this amazing discovery stage. But today, I want to make sure that we keep the message real. Can everyone say real? And that is, I think it's healthy, whether you know God here today or whether you don't, it's healthy always to paint the overall picture. And the second part of the DNA of destiny that the story of David highlights, and that I think everyone here needs to know, whether you know Jesus or not, is it's not just about one stage. There is definitely a stage of discovery, but that's not where it ends, and it's certainly not where it finishes. There is actually also a stage of difficulty. See, when you walk out your destiny, there are going to be moments of difficulty, but that's why it's important you invite God into your life. Not only because then you discover your destiny, but also because God says there will be trials. There will be challenges. Not if, but when those storms come, He is with you and He will help you to get through those difficulties and to get out over the other side and actually to overcome those things. And the story of David highlights that because I think it's important to say, hey, when you invite God into your life, There's an exciting stage of discovery, but also it's important to understand it doesn't mean that God will remove all difficulties from your life. There are still going to be some seasons of challenges. There's going to be some hiccups, but it's when you have God in your life that He actually holds your hand, He takes you through, and He gets you over to the other side. So you become a person of breakthrough and victory. Who believes that here today? And so when we look at the DNA of destiny, I want to talk about this second stage, which is difficulties. Because, interestingly, David gets anointed, he gets appointed as the future king of Israel, and then he goes on a pathway of uh, discovery. He starts to step into this sense of, wow, I've got a calling. Wow, I've got an anointing. And uh, he, he has previously defeated the bear when he's protecting the sheep. He kills the bear. I mean, how cool is that? And then he, he, he kills the lion in protecting the sheep. But as he steps into this new anointing and he's being proclaimed the future king, it's interesting because the Bible says that it creates an opportunity where he's actually seen by the people to really step up. And the opportunity that presents itself is that there is this massive giant called Goliath who is just intimidating the people of the land of Israel. And he's saying, you know, who can slay me? Who can kill me? And he's just imitating them. And all of the other soldiers uh, under King Saul at the time are just freaking out. They're all just taking step, steps back. They're saying, huh, I'm not going to put my hand up here. But it's David, who's not yet king, who steps forward. When everyone else steps back, he's the one that steps forward. And he takes that place where he takes on Goliath. And the Bible says that he slays Goliath with a, a slingshot straight to the middle of the head. This giant that was intimidating every other person just goes and falls down dead. And uh, it, the Bible records that uh, there is many victories that David has in battle. And so the, uh, King Saul, who's the current king, uh, he is obviously appointed, uh, appointed David uh, as a leader of different uh, parts of the army because David is discovering his destiny. He's walking out in the anointing of God. He's starting to get a sense of purpose and pathway, and, and he can see the unique gifting on his life, and he's starting to be fruitful. He's starting to come into success. But what's interesting is the Bible teaches, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 5 to 9. And what we're going to learn here is that at the moment when David is starting to peak at the stage of Discovery. He's starting to really see fruitfulness. He's starting to see success. 
he then goes into a specific transition into a season of difficulty. So let's have a look at this. We've got the scripture there. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 5 to 9. So let's read this. Everyone read this together with me. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him high rank in the army. First of all, that's a sign of discovery. Can I tell you, when you give your heart to God, when you give your heart to Jesus, can I tell you that the Bible promises you're going to go into a stage of discovery. There's going to be a unique positioning of you. You're going to start to step into uh, an ability to understand who you are as you uh, learn more about God and what God teaches about you. You'll start to step into this place where there'll be uh, elements of success that you've never experienced before, elements of victory. And, And so it's true. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was successful. David was able to get things done. There, were, there was results. There was momentum that was coming from this season of discovery after he'd been anointed uh, by the prophet. And then this pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. Obviously, everyone was pleased. So there was favor. And can I tell you, when you invite God into your life, you come into this stage of favor. There's a new release of favor upon your life. And so David was experiencing this. Verse 6, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, that's the giant, right? It was a massive victory. The, woman, the, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. So they're coming out to celebrate. They're kind of going, woohoo, this is awesome. You guys did great. You were so victorious. Next one. As they danced, they sang and they sang a particular song. With particular words, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. So David, who's not king yet, but has obviously come into a season of discovery. He's been anointed by the prophet. His, his, his uh, pathway uh, is started to be, to be rolled out before him. There's a journey. There's a discovery of the things of God. He's starting to step up. He's starting to come into his own. There's a sense of momentum. And so people are celebrating. But what's interesting is he's just about to transition into also a season of difficulty. And what we're going to learn today is that a season of difficulty, as much as frustrating it can be, sometimes it's the key that helps us to walk out the fullness of our destiny. And it's the key that actually establishes the, uh, the, the perseverance and the breakthrough anointing within us to be victorious long-term. Who, who knows that short-term victory tastes good, but who knows that long-term victory tastes even better? Come on now. Who knows that you want to be at the end of your life and you want to look back and you want to go, you know what? Man, there were great seasons of discovery. There were also some seasons of difficulty, but I'm still here. And man, I was an overcomer. Who wants to be like that? Come on now. And so this is what God's inviting all of us to, whether you know Jesus here today or whether you don't. In a fresh way, God wants to say, hey, do you know? Do you know that when you invite me into your heart, you go into a season of discovery, but you're also going to go into seasons of difficulty. But I'm there to help you to overcome every difficulty that you're going to face. And so let's have a look at the very difficulty that David is presented with that actually helps him to come into the fullness of his destiny. So guess what? King Saul got jealous. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. What do I mean by the refrain? The fact that they were singing about how David was tens of thousands, where only King Saul was thousands. The women were singing something like this. Saul, you were good, but David, you were great. 
That's kind of like the flavor, right? That's pretty much what was happening. And oh, Saul didn't like it. Can I tell you that sometimes there's going to be seasons in your life where your security within yourself will be tested. And sometimes there are going to be people around you that get more praise than you. And can I tell you, you're going to learn to get okay with that because that will be a sign that you're secure. Can I tell you that God will help you with that? God will help to bring such a security and a sense of depth to your identity that even the people around you, you'll celebrate when they get more praise than you. Come on now. That's a powerful benefit that we get when we invite God into our life. But Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? He started to feel threatened and afraid. Let's have a look here. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. He kept a close eye on David. Other versions say, and from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Where are we going with this? Thank you, AV team. Where are we going with this today? Destiny is not just about discovery, but we're going to learn today through the biblical character of David that destiny is also about understanding that we have to go through difficulty, but that's why we need God. That's why we can't do it on our, on our own, friends. That's why we can't do this, this thing called life by ourselves. We were never designed to walk alone by ourselves. And you know what you may say to me, but Brad, I'm walking okay physically. You know, mentally I'm thinking okay. But can I tell you there's another part to you and that's called your spirit. And can I tell you that there are some times when you're going through seasons of difficulty where you're going to feel lonely, you're going to feel empty, you're going to feel like there's a void in that place called your spirit. And can I tell you when you have God that fills that void and that moment, he will take you through the storms and he'll help you get to the other side so that you don't become some kind of a liability of the storms. They don't uh, wipe you out, but you look back and you go, you know what, that storm was challenging, but I, I made it through and I can give credit to God. Can I tell you that God has designed you to walk life out like that? Amen. And so what's interesting here is we learn that David, when he got more praised, this is what happened. Not only did Saul start to get jealous, he started to act on that jealousy. So everyone say the heat started to turn up. All right, the temperature started to rise. So when they came back and David got more praise, Saul started setting David up for bad things. David started to have what we call a direct enemy in his life. Someone that wanted to uh, trip him up. Not only bad things, but Saul set him up for strategically bad things. He actually started setting out David, the one who slayed the giant, the one that he w was his best fighter for his kingdom. He was so jealous that he sent David out to new battles with small armies against greater enemies, hoping that David would die. He wanted David dead. In fact, he didn't even care if the entire army that David led that was smaller was all sacrificed, as long as David died. And so he created these setups, setup after setup through jealousy. Saul wanted to kill David. Everyone say, ooh. Everyone say, ah. It was full on. The odds were stacked against him. And not only that, David asked, sorry, King Saul asked his inner circle, including his son Jonathan, who was best friends, the Bible says, of David. He asked his inner circle, including Jonathan, to actually kill David. He gave him a direct command I want you to kill him. Anyway, anyhow. And so when that was released, David had to flee the area. In fact, the Bible teaches that his wife had to lay him down uh, early in the evening, down the wall. 
to escape all the people that were chasing after David. He went into difficulty. And maybe you're here today and you can relate to when you, you've gone through difficulties when people haven't been for you. Maybe you're here today and you've really been believing for promotion or you're believing for something to break through and work and you felt like your boss just doesn't like you. In fact, no, maybe they, just, they don't only not like you, they have it out for you. And they may do things to try to trip you up or to betray you or to speak about your back. Maybe there's been situations in your life where you've encountered what we call an enemy to your life, where someone's kind of gossiping behind your back or, you know, you share about a goal and, or a dream and, and you can just see in their eyeballs, they're not really for you. And then for the next 14 months, they just start mocking you because you had that dream in your heart. Can I tell you, there are difficulties that you will face in life. Jesus said, not when... Sorry, Jesus said not if, but when the storms come. And can I tell you that these difficulties will come, they will happen in your life, but can I tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, He will hold your hand and He will walk you through. He will turn everything good for those who love God into something great. I'm telling you that it's important for you to reach out and say, you know what, God, I need you in my life because I know I've got a destiny. I've got a sense of a calling. And God, I want to come into the fullness of that. But God, I'm wise and I know that there's going to be some difficulties. Maybe there's going to be some minds that get put in my way. And if I don't have a God that's all discerning and all knowing, and I just try to do it in my own strength, I might trip up. But God, you will protect me. And what we learn here is, uh, you know, David gets to this place where it all turns around. David could have tried to to kill Saul. He could have allowed the circumstances and the difficulties to shape and conform his character. But one thing that we learn from David is he didn't allow the difficulties to conform or shape his character. He, he held true and he learned that God was faithful through to the very end. In Romans 8.28, it says this, and we know that God works all things, all things, even the difficulties, even the challenges, even the times when you feel you get betrayed by people. We, we talked last Sunday that even though there are people in our family, there are in people in life that we love, that human beings aren't faultless. Has anyone realized that before? And what's the big thing about human beings that's different to God? Humans, people are fickle. One day they'll love you, the next day they'll go, oh, that's, yeah, you're not so great. And sometimes that can even be true with your life partner the person you're married to. And that's okay because they're human. But that's why we always have to put God first, amen, because God is not fickle. God, the Bible says, is faithful, that he'll never give up on you. He'll never leave you. He'll always be focused on the best for you. That's the heart of God. And David learned this. When he went through the difficulties, the whole nation was commanded to kill him, and yet he hung on to his God. But he didn't allow the difficulties to shape his character in a bad way. He stayed faithful. And these are the three things that we learnt. When we learn from David, because what happens at the end of this story, interestingly, is the very thing that King Saul set out to destroy David was the actual thing that ultimately ended up destroying Saul. And what I love about God is the very thing that the enemies in your life will set up for you, God will set up for them to fall so that you will have victory. Do you know that that's what God's into? God is into turning things around and showing up so that even if you're facing difficulty, as long as you're with him, he'll take you through and he'll give you the ultimate victory. Who believes that that's a good thing? And so the three lessons that we learn here is that he will keep 
He will help you to discover your destiny, number one. Number two, he will enable you to overcome the difficulty of walking out your destiny because there will be difficulties. And number three, God will use everything you go through, everything that you go through. When you're connected to God, God will use everything that you go through and turn it into good for you. And this is backed up in Romans 8.28. The Bible teaches this principle. It says, And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Let's read that scripture again, and then we're going to pray. And we know that God works all things. We know that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. What I love about that is that it actually is talking about these two stages of destiny. It's actually unlocking the DNA of destiny. We've, we've talked about the first stage to really walking in the destiny that God has for you is to discover God, to encounter God, to invite God into your life. And it says here, who are called according to His purpose. When you discover God, you are then called according to His purpose. Number two, And we know that God works all things together for good of those who love Him. And what's important there is with number two, is that when you start walking with God, there are going to be some difficulties. There are going to be some fantastic things that happen, but there are going to be some difficulties. But God will work everything about that difficulty for good. Everything that you go through, He will use it for good. Breakthrough and to overcome. And uh, today we're going to pray. We're going to believe for God to touch hearts. But, you know, I want to end this one. I'm going to ask someone in our music team appropriately to come, whoever that is, if you could come onto the stage now, whether that be Jason, whoever we have as an instrumentalist. Uh, If our team, if Jason's not in the room, if someone can go and ask for Jason to come in, that would be fantastic. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow your heads. Close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you've been talking about destiny. Father, I pray in this moment, Lord, that you would start to move across this place. I'm going to ask everyone to be very respectful of this moment. I'm going to ask for people not to walk around. I'm going to ask for people just to take a seat, close their eyes, bow their heads. Let's be respectful that God is moving on people's hearts so we don't create a distraction here today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this moment. And we thank you, Lord, that your word has encouraged us today to understand that there are two specific reasons, God, through this story of why You invite us to partner with you. The first thing, God, is you promise that every single person that says yes to you, that you're going to show them the destiny that you've planned for them. Lord, I pray this morning that if there are people here and they're hungry to know what is the destiny, what is the unique plan that you, God, have for them. Lord, I pray for their heart to open here right now. Lord, I pray for that natural desire that you've designed people to have, to be interested in what is it that I'm called to do? Who am I? Lord, if there are people here asking those questions, 
Father, I pray that you would encourage them to invite you in so you can answer those questions, so you can show them who you are and who they are and what you've got for them, what you've called them to do. I thank you, Lord, that we invite you into our life to discover our destiny. Father, I also pray for people here today. Whether they may be or they have before, they've gone through difficulties. And Lord, I pray that there be a fresh understanding that there's a reason why we invite you, Jesus, into our life. Because you've told us that there will be difficulties. In this broken world, there will be difficulties. There will be challenges. But Lord, you've designed us not to do it alone, but you've designed us to invite you into those situations so you can help us through and get us through to the other side so we can be overcomers, so we can be strong, victorious people who look back on life and go, you know what? There were seasons of discovery. There were seasons of difficulty, but I've made it to the, to the end. And man, it was a good life with you, God. So Lord, as every head is bowed and every eyes are closed, Jesus, have your way in this place. Presence of God, fill this place. I thank you, Lord, 20 years ago when I gave my heart to you, God, and I was broken. I was addicted to drugs and alcohol. And there was no vision in sight. I was lost. Lord, it was like this very moment when I had an opportunity to pray and ask you into my life. I thank you, God, that when you poured into my life, man, did you set me on a path of discovery. And God, you have been so faithful to help me to get through difficulties. I thank you, Jesus, that you are real. So as every eye is closed and head is bowed, I want to create an opportunity that I had 20 years ago. The same opportunity that Jaden just shared about. And that is we want to create a moment for you to respond to the reality of God. So if you're here today and you'll say, Brad, I want you to pray for me. I'd like to understand what's my destiny. Then I want to pray for you today. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Brad, I'm going through a difficulty and I want, I want God to help me to get through that because I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling like I, I don't have the strength to do it myself. So if you want me to pray for you today, while the privacy of this moment, every eyes are closed, every head is bowed, just raise your hand and I'll see that you want prayer. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Thank you. As I look around, thank you, I see that hand over there. In the privacy of this room, just raise your hand. This is a private moment. Is there anyone else here who would like me to pray? Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. I want to encourage you, don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. Just going to wait a little bit longer. Thank you, I see that hand at the back there. Thank you. One thing I know about God is He is a gentleman. 
He will not demand entering your life or your heart. He's given you a free will. And that's why you have to make a choice to open your heart and say, God, I would like you to come into my life. I'd like to know you. So as we just linger on this moment, I want to encourage you to be brave today. Because if you're brave in this moment, and you invite God into your heart, I can tell you from my own experience, God will always be brave for you. So as I look around, one last moment. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Thank you, I see that hand. Great. All right, now you can pop your heads up. This is what we're going to do. To finish today, we're going to finish with a moment of prayer. In a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to stand, and we're going to specifically pray for those people. As I looked around, had about eight to ten people who've decided to ask for prayer today. Isn't that awesome? That's great. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand in a moment, and I'm going to pray for the entire congregation, but we're going to specifically um, repeat a prayer after me, which just helps you to invite Jesus into your heart. And then for those people that are doing that for the first time, and you know who you are because you put your hand up, or maybe it's difficulties that you're going through and you put your hand up, uh, we're going to have one of our great team members here, Chris. Chris, can you just wave your hand? Chris Mercer here is a great guy. And uh, he helps to uh, pray for people as well and get to know them and, and help them to uh, connect with God and also to pray for any challenges that you're going through. So he's going to be at the front here. We'll close the service. He'll come at the front. And you can just come to the front and meet with him and uh, he'll pray for you. Is that okay, Chris? Awesome. Let's stand. And let's do this amazing, awesome thing, and that's to pray for Jesus to come into our heart and into our life. Everyone just close your eyes and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. Jesus, I know that because of you, all of my sin is forgiven yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Today, I declare I'm a follower of Christ. Today, I want to walk with you, God. I want to know you, God. And I want to know who I am in God. Holy Spirit, Fill my heart. Fill my life. Make me brand new. Help me to walk forward. Help me to walk tall. And help me to walk with victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God some praise.